bullshit, it's all just um gay politics. America's gotten kind of whack, but we're not gonna let it go down like that, cause we got a dumb gay podcast, a dumb gay political podcast. We probably don't have all the facts, but we got opinions and we'll probably backtrack. That's why it's a dumb gay podcast, a dumb gay political podcast. Ooh, it's all shit, it's all shit. It's all shit. It's all shit. I mean, are we gonna die? I don't know. I, I, you're extreme. I am extreme. It's all shit. Uh uh. This shit is bananas. B A A A A A S. This shit is trumpanas. T R U M P A N A N A S. What? I don't know. I don't even know. Hey everybody, welcome to Dumb Gay Politics, I'm Julie. And I'm Brandy. And this is the podcast where we talk about the week in politics like we're talking about reality TV. It's been a crazy fucking month, girl. <sighs> yeah. So, for a minute now, we've been talking shit and bitching about doing this podcast and lightly <laughs> joking about quitting mm-hmm. the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, we have our Patreon podcast, which, to be honest, is, I mean, it is our true bread and butter. Mm-hmm. We couldn't do this podcast without mm-hmm. the Patreon. Right. Um, because this regular we dumb gay politics podcast is a labor of love. We never made a lot of money on it or any money, really. And the burden of expectation has gotten so intense in the last six months. I mean, maybe... I mean, maybe it was even all of, I've I've lost the timeline on when it got intense, um, but we definitely maybe it was just our own work schedules, but we we definitely have been tossing around the idea of quitting the podcast, right? But then we got all these messages of like people supporting us and encouraging us, and you know, um, and to be honest, it really did make a difference to hear that people not only like but depend on the podcast in any way even in a small way so even when we suck even when we're phoning it in so we took a step back and we reconsidered quitting (laughs) um we tried to figure out how to keep it going amidst all the other shit we have going on and then you know because it does matter to us and it matters to the 14 people who sent us notes (laughs) and that does mean something so um we pretty much decided to recommit ourselves and to make it work. Well, then on Thursday, <laughs> Trump got indicted and our podcast production company um, went under. Yes. We got a very sad email from a guy that um, who works for the company that we really do love. Mind you, the initial guy who brought us into this company, um, and we also loved him, he died he literally died during the pandemic of a heart attack. Yep. Um, so the email, I mean, I felt like we haven't discussed this memo, but I felt like it was a weird sort of deja vu. Um, obviously, no one died. No. So it wasn't. But but the company did. And yes. our um, that feeling of like. You trying to put a. A a round peg in a square (laughs) hole or whatever that saying is. Right. It came back. It's like, this isn't meant to be, Mm -hmm. you know, the universe is telling us to throw in the towel. It's like, there's been some, you know, pivotal moments 
in the in the six years we've been doing this where it just seems like all right if this isn't you know whatever mm-hmm. and it was the perfect time because we've been frustrated for months um we're about to go to africa and israel for two weeks and it would just be 100 percent easier to keep doing our patreon podcast and say fuck this one um but for whatever reason we just couldn't <laughs> do it and we didn't do it not yet anyways not right, yet if you've ever watched the movie gladiator Anyone who's seen it knows the scene I'm talking about. Not yet. Not yet. Do you know what I'm talking about? No, and I have yes. seen it several times. Yes, I've seen it <laughs> hundreds okay, of times. Okay, so maybe you mean people who've seen it hundreds of times. If you've seen Gladiator hundreds of times. <laughs> okay. What about for those who know... have seen it five? All right, if you've seen it five times, you might remember the scene when Russell Crowe is with Jaiman Hunsu, and it's going to be basically the first time he's gladiatored. Okay, and... with his bangs. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, he's uh, he's he's sad. He's you know his wife and his kid are dead. He's been kicked out of the military. He almost became emperor. Like he the Mark Marcus Aurelius would literally picked him to be the next emperor. But then fucking Joaquin, Joaquin Phoenix, Phoenix came and fucking d- d- kicked him out. Or he basically said, if you don't follow me, then I'm gonna kill you or whatever. But then he um, expelled him. And now Russell Crowe, he uh, got captured and now he's enslaved and he's going to be a gladiator and he's 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 distraught. But he made a friend in Jaiman Hunsu and they're having to kill him. They're having. Well, technically speaking, but he won't do it because Russell Crowe basically got all the gladiators to sort of come around him and be like, we're all going to live and we're going to fucking do this. and We're going to kill the other people that are coming for us and fuck them. Fuck all of them. I'm going to kill the fucking Joaquin Phoenix (laughs) and you can all fuck off. However, they're sitting there in a very pivotal scene because we think he's going to he's 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 he doesn't want to do it. He wants to die. And he's like, maybe this is what I'm going to die. He doesn't even want to try to. He's like, he doesn't fuck it. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. And he's like, you know what? Someday, because all he wants is to be with his wife and his son. And he wants to go to the Elysian Fields, which is basically during Greek times. That's when or Roman times. That's when they thought. Mm -hmm. Um, you go to heaven and you're going to be with your family. It's called the Elysian Fields and you're going to go there and you can live in your, in your, in your heaven. And he's like, I just want to go. I want to be with my wife and my kid in the Elysian Fields. And I, I know that's where I'm going to, I know that's where I'm going to go. And Jaiman Hunsu goes, yes, but not yet. <laughs> not yet. And that's where we are. That's now. exactly where we are. <laughs> that's exactly where so, we are. So now, you know, not everyone has seen Gladiator, but if you <laughs> haven't, you should because it's fucking awesome. Um, anyway, but not also everyone can afford our Patreon podcast, even though they're only a dollar an episode. Um, and there are loyal listeners who've been here with us, riding and dying since 2016. And if they can put up with the problematic guests we've had on, or just our weird takes, our hot takes, our offensive takes, our insulting takes, whatever, then we can put up with the breathtaking disparity in revenue as compared to the amount of work this podcast requires. We're here for the love. Mm-hmm. We started this podcast for the love. 14 of y'all showed up out of love. We didn't know what you we were doing. <laughs> they didn't know what they were fucking listening to. Mm-hmm. We weren't making any money then. Um, we're not making any now. Um, and most of us and most of them are still here. So we're just going to keep on riding. I mean, I guess until the wheels fall off, it, it, it would appear the wheels have fallen wheels off. Wheels definitely yeah. fell off. But um. for some reason, <laughs> but, but at the same time the wheels fell off, there was a mechanic right there 
who's pumping some air <laughs> into the tires. So we the tires are being patched and they're on. So, you know, in some way, it's like, but we're just going to keep driving our Patreon podcast because <laughs> ultimately um, it that will would keep take this going. 20,000 dying mechanics. <laughs> so the Patreon podcast is how we do this. We do two a week. They're both an hour. Go to julianbrandy.com if you want to hear a free one. I mean, ultimately, we this podcast would have been done a long time ago if it wasn't for that. And most of the messages from people who have, you know, stayed stayed regardless of the whack ass, <laughs> just tragic content of the last six months. I would say the the majority of the people who have sent messages pay for the Patreon and they've been paying for it and they've been so they've been paying for it. <laughs> they've been really the support system. So yeah, you know if. If you have your husband, your wife, your mom, your dad, your child's credit card that you can sign up without their knowledge, you don't even have to listen. Maybe you only like politics. Maybe you only like whack, dumb gay politics. But you can sign up on a credit card and hit it and quit it and don't ever listen. Mm -hmm. But it's helpful for us, every single person. It sounds desperate yeah. because it is. <laughs> it is. Well, this week particularly, that was quite a quite a blow. Quite a blow. But you know what? We're not. Uh, we're 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 um, just like the gladiators. Okay, we're gonna just keep going because it's not it's not our time yet. So please consider joining our Patreon podcast. Like Brandy said, you won't you won't regret it, or you will. But either way, <laughs> we'll get <yeah>. your dollar. <laughs> okay, now it's time to revisit one of our favorite Trump segments: the dossier. The president has a sex tape. time for the part of the show called the dossier where we update you on all things related to trump's illegal activities we did this segment a bunch of times during trump's early presidency but today it has definitely hit its peak that's right because that motherfucker has finally been indicted wow <sighs> it's taken six long years but it's finally happened and here's hoping this is only the t-t-t-t-t-t-t-i-p girl of the trump indictment iceberg mm. And here to help us break it all down is the only man we've ever trusted with the last word on anything. <laughs> He's a legendary defense attorney connected to a million high profile cases, including representing BuzzFeed for publishing the literal, actual motherfucking Trump dossier. So without further ado, he's the wealthiest, most accomplished person we know, and we're so grateful that his wife, Leah Black, forces him to do our <laughs> stupid podcast. Please welcome esteemed defense attorney at law, Roy Black. Now, um, Roy, <laughs> this is the day that your fucking wife has been waiting for for six long years. I know. Don I know. So Donald Trump, for our 14 listeners, was arrested today. What does that even mean? We don't even know what that means. You don't know what that means? Well, when I think of someone getting arrasted, I think Kate, Casey Anthony 
killed her baby and hid it in the trunk. She gets arrested and taken away to jail. Is he even yeah. in jail? No, he's not in jail. The thing is just a lot of people aren't kept in jail without bail. You have to be charged with a very serious violent offense, really, to be held in pretrial detention. What? So did he pay his bail? And what was it? I'm sure. I don't know, because I, I wasn't watching TV today, so I don't know exactly what the bail. I'm sure he was released on his own recognizance or just the signature bond or something like that. I don't know specifically what it was, because I wasn't really uh, uh, concerned about that. But it was obvious he would always be released. Mm. So if he wanted, he could just disappear. <laughs> Not that he could, but that's the, the fear, right? Like you just go and leave the country. He just flies to Epstein's island to Brazil. and that's it? Yeah. Well, why would, he, why would he surrender? Why wouldn't he disappear before that? Mm. Right, mm -hmm. right. Mm -hmm. So who? So usually, we yeah. usually what we do with clients is you try to find out what they. This is usually with a federal indictment, and you. Uh, I've had clients sit there outside the grand jury room, showing they're ready to surrender because that's, it's the the the, best evidence that you're not going to flee and that you ought to be released on bail. So clearly he's not going to flee. I mean, he flew to New York and went to the, uh, surrendered, went to the arraignment. Then went back, and he's about to have a uh, pep rally at Mar-a-Lago. Mm. Okay, so it's who exactly is charging him? It is the he is charged by the district attorney in New York County, which is mainly uh, Manhattan in uh, New York, and it's a state offense, not federal, mm. and not supervised by the Department of Justice in Washington, as they keep, you know, claiming. And uh, this is an independent state prosecutor who was elected to that post. And it's the culmination of uh, several years of uh, preparation and investigation. So what, what are the charges? He is charged with 34 <laughs> felony counts of... <laughs> of causing false records to be created in the Trump organization and Trump, you know, related kind of companies. Now, that sounds very dry because you say, oh, false entries. But these, this, these kind of things happen all the time because that's the way that people hide things like hiding income, uh, taking false deductions, paying bribes, accepting bribes. They're all ways you have to manipulate records in order to make them look legitimate on the face when they're really covering up for a crime or an illegitimate transaction. You see that a lot with tax evasion, where people create false records and send them to the IRS because obviously they don't want to pay taxes on something. So. It, people create false records in order to assist them in committing another crime. So we know Jen Shaw, that's a, a housewife, Roy, similar to your, yeah. your own wife. She got eight years <laughs> for whatever bullshit she did on Facebook. Is that the kind of like sentence these kind of charges carry? Or would Trump, We obviously we're not going to assume, we know you're so cynical, you're not going to say going to ever serve time. But if he did, would it be like they're asking for one year 
in some cush well, prison? Here's the here's the problem. I had this conversation with a, a top prosecutor in South Florida several months ago. Because she asked me, what do you think would happen with Trump if he's indicted, convicted? And I said, they cannot put him in prison. That's the problem. He's like nuclear waste. There's no place you can safely put him because he can't go to prison with the Secret Service protecting him. Mm. Remember, the guy is, an, no matter what you will say, he is an ex-president of the United States, and he has uh, Secret Service protection and is a tremendous target because of who he was. And so we have an obligation to protect him, no matter how uh, foolish that may sound. Nevertheless, we do. So the best, I, I think the worst they could do is to put him under house arrest somewhere uh, protected by the Secret Service. There's nothing else you could do with him. Mm. So it doesn't make any difference what the possible maximum sentences are. You can't put the guy in a regular prison. There's no way in the world you'd be able to protect him. And the country cannot afford to have a former president assassinated because we stuck him in some state prison somewhere. So that's the problem with Trump. It's not that he's above the law. It's just that his position is such that it makes it difficult for the law to deal with him as it would the average criminal. So he's above the law. <laughs> no, he's not above I the law. <laughs> right. But I mean, he, we have other we have it's a weighing act. It's not black and white. Yeah. That's the problem. Yeah. I mean, I thought we yeah. just dumped toxic waste like in and around like Wisconsin and like Delaware <laughs> rivers and stuff. Can't we just do that yeah, with we, him? Yeah, well, you know, we used to be able to do that. We can't even <laughs> do that anymore. So <clears throat> we would have to. We'd have to put him in one of those places, you know, like Iron Mountain, where they dig it deep down and put all the depleted uranium down there. Exactly. I mean, they put what's his face, snakeskin coat on house arrest, right? And he served for just like a year. Oh, Roger Stone? Yeah. Mm. Right? Or was it him? Or no, that other guy with the hair. Paul Manafort? Yeah. Oh, with the, with the peacock. They, they, yeah. all got, they all got pardoned. Oh, okay. So then they got pardoned, but he, so he was he yeah. serving at home. So what are we doing this for? I hate that you're always right, Roy. Like, <laughs> so first of all, I want to know, do you, do you think any of the charges are bullshit? Like, what are your thoughts on the charges? Like, obviously we know he falsifies okay. documents and shit. Let's be, let's be totally honest about these charges. Every single person in the United States knows he's guilty of these charges. <laughs> Right. That, I mean, yes. there's no right. Every yeah. single person knows what happened. This is not, you know, the, the, it, it, it's, a, it's really amazing when you think of it. Everybody knows that he paid off a porn star and he did it through uh, Michael Cohen. And Cohen, by the way, his fixer, got convicted of two counts and spent three years in prison. So I always say to people, how can we ignore Trump? when the guy who did the work for him went to prison. So putting that aside, but nevertheless, everybody knows that he did it and he knew he was doing it wrong and he was paying her off anyway. So, I mean, it, it's not a question of whether he's guilty or innocent. He did all these things. Now his defense is going to be, I was a target of extortion or blackmail and I did, you know, I had to pay off. Uh, the blackmailer, 
and that's that's what I'm going to do. And his best shot is hoping that he gets some magna people as stealth jurors on his case, and they'll hold out and won't convict him. Everybody else knows he did all these things. Would it be a jury kind of trial? Yes, it'll be a jury trial. And what is the timeline on that? Well, I would imagine on a case like this, generally speaking, it takes about a year for it to go to trial. Mm. Now, remember, part of the reason that that, uh, you charge someone like Trump is if he's convicted, then he can't run for office anymore. So there is some penalties to this beyond being incarcerated. They can fine him. They can uh, affect his civil rights. They can prevent Mm. him from running for office. There's a lot of things that they can punish him for, but I just don't think they can incarcerate him. Would that be a special um, sort of like sentence? Because I did read that just because you can still run for president, even if you have like a prior like record. I think if you've been convicted of a felony, I don't believe that you can. Oh, okay. You can't vote. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I would think it's worth it for that personally. Yes. Just that he can't run. It would be worth it for that. So many places now, they automatically vacate your disabilities after you're released from prison. So, you know, there's all kinds of different statutes in different places and what have you. So, you know, the, the generally speaking, if you're a convicted felon, uh, you can't have a firearm, you can't vote. Uh, you have all these disabilities, mm. uh, but they, a lot of states now are giving people uh, a second chance by allowing or taking away these disabilities. And quite frankly, I'm, I'm just sitting here thinking, I can't remember that. I don't think the federal government has done that. So if he's a convicted felon, he's not going to be president of the United States. Not that he had a chance of getting elected again anyway. So he's basically going to go back to Mar-a-Lago for like the next year, rally up his MAGA twats, get them all in a frenzy starting tonight, and then have to go and do a jury. Do we the trial? We do we see that actually happening and playing out? Yes, I do. I believe there will be a trial, and that it will be a jury trial, and it will be in New York City. So it'll be uh, <laughs> you know the show is just beginning. I mean. This is going to be, you know, many thousands of hours of commentary. And my, theory, my, my feeling is what they ought to do is say to Trump, look, here's we'll make you a deal. We'll drop everything so long as you promise to go away. Yeah. So we never have to hear from you mm-hmm. again. Don't have to see your name. Don't have to see you on TV every day. I mean, what's happening now? You know, you turn on the TV. What do you see? Donald Trump. So... We just can't seem to get away from them. So that would be the scenario that we wouldn't have to sit through the stupid trial because they yeah. they um, tell them just disappear and we'll let this all go. Yeah, but that won't happen, though. The prosecutors are not going to make a deal like that. And these prosecutors in New York are going to pursue the charges. They're going to demand a trial. It'll be a jury trial. And what they will do, and and this is what is really damaging to somebody like Trump, is right now people think they know what the case is about, 
but they don't really know the details. And nobody ever really knows the details like something in court. When you have lawyers presenting documents, presenting witnesses, and doing it in a granular fashion, everybody begins to see all the criminality of it. That's the difference between just reading something in the newspapers and being on a jury or being in the courtroom or having it on television. You just see it day after day. And after a while, it, you, you become you know, somewhat outraged that somebody was so flippant about the law who had absolutely no boundaries whatsoever. And, of course, you know, the Stormy Daniels is one of just several uh, cases dealing with women and other people. So, you know, the more evidence that people get to see, I think that uh, it will change a lot of minds. Well, that's, like, good. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, mean, what's what about the, the, the illegitimate child scenario? <laughs> is that real? Well, I read that no, in the I, statement I, of fact. I don't know if that's real. Yeah, I know, but they... But it also says that it was probably debunked. Oh, okay. But he still paid yeah. paid off the doorman to not say anything while he was yeah. campaigning or whatever. Right. Well, that helps him because that shows that, in fact, I would use that if I was his lawyer. So here's the best evidence that he was blackmailed because he paid. he was willing to pay this doorman who was threatening it, even though it wasn't true. Because it's the threat and getting in the news and everything that would, uh, you know, affect his reputation and affect his electability. So he paid him off because he's the victim of blackmail. So I think that actually helps him. And why does it matter if he paid him off? Because he used campaign funds and not his own personal money? No, because what he did is he had Michael Cohen pay... Uh, Stormy Daniels from his funds. Then he made up a phony arrangement with Cohen that I'm going to pay you a monthly retainer of $35,000 a month until we get to $480,000, which is I'm paying you that to pay for the 130 to Stormy Daniels, another 50 from somewhere. It doesn't say where. And then plus you have to pay taxes on top of that because uh, you're being paid a retainer as a lawyer. And so we're going to pay you some more to do that. And it's that cover-up. That, that's what kills you all the time. You, you know, you hear that cliche, it's always the cover-up. Well, this is the cover-up. He wasn't getting paid as a lawyer. He wasn't getting paid <laughs> a monthly retainer. So it, it, he's just made all that up in order to pay off this stuff. So that's... Those are the false records that he created. And, and he... the serious part about this, people don't really focus on this. Why this is serious is this money was paid to keep these women quiet because it would have affected his campaign. And this, the Stormy Daniels happens within a couple of weeks of the campaign. And he could have easily lost if all that had come out. Mm. So how important is that? That's important. And I heard on the yeah, news, do you, I heard a lot on the news today, like people saying, and obviously these are people who support Trump or Republicans or whatever, that all of these charges are like trite. Like this is all, 
not actually important. This isn't real stuff. This isn't real crimes. This is just shallow kind of, you know, floating in the wind. Ukraine president. Right. All that. And how would you... What I mean, I it's like what you're saying is no, actually, it is important. Obviously, we all think it's important, but what, how would it's you respond to that? Because it would have affected the election. Okay, what, what's more important than that election? I mean, if all the how do you think Hillary lost? If the election had been October 27th, Hillary would have been elected. But Comey did his uh, press conference saying, Oh, we now have uh, you know, the laptop, we have to look in to see if there's more emails and whether there's classified information and all of this, that caused her to lose the election. Mm -hmm. What about Trump? What if it came out and he's paying off porn stars, paying off Playboy models, paying off, uh, you know, whatever? You don't think that that could have affected the vote? Yeah. Yeah, so what happened is that uh, by covering it up, he managed to get elected, and we had to suffer through four years of him (laughs) being president. I think that's that's not trivial. In fact, <laughs> we should all civilly sue him <laughs> in a big. It almost caused the overthrow of the United States government. Right. Yeah. You know, people say the. I'll tell you the. I was reading back newspaper uh, some back issues of the New York Times not so long ago because some of them I hadn't read, and they have a columnist named Delphin, and he had a column about about two months before the 2020 election. And he said, you know, you keep hearing all this horrible stuff that Trump will never accept the results and that he's going to do this and he's going to do that. And that's totally absurd. I'm, I'm positive that Donald Trump will accept any electoral returns and, you know, quietly leave the, leave office. Now, how accurate did that turn out to be? <laughs> It's not, not, not no. Yeah. So none of these things are trivial. What could be right. worse than January 6th? Now, trust me, I, I and I'm sure all of us would much rather see an indictment for January 6th right. than for Stormy Daniels. And that's what they because, mean. Right, because that's a, that was a direct threat to the operation of our government. I mean, that is that was a, a horrible act, and, and he deserves to be severely punished for that. And, and why and doesn't has, why is there no charges because the because the federal government and the actual district attorney would have to do it and not the Southern District of New York? Well, yeah, it's in the hands of Washington right now. And what uh, Eric Garland, who's the attorney general, did was appoint a special counsel, Jack Smith, to do the investigation into January 6th. So. Remember what, what these prosecutors do, and federal prosecutors are, are the experts at this. They have a grand jury. They have subpoena power. They have get search warrants. They can do all these things. But once they file the charges, the grand jury, generally speaking, ends. So they have to do everything before they bring the charges. So they want to, they want to have the strongest case possible at the time they file the charges. And if you're going to charge somebody like Trump, you have to have a highly uh, damaging information that can prove the case beyond any doubt, because it's not that easy to convict somebody like him. Mm -hmm. And the worst thing for a prosecutor is, if you bring charges against somebody like Trump and you lose, I mean, then you look like an idiot. (laughs) Your career is over. So... 
there there are a lot writing on this for a lot of people. So if you go, you know what they say, if you shoot at the king, you better hit him. Mm-hmm. Now, speaking of the lawyers for Trump, do you know any of them personally? Sure. I know Joe Pacopino very well. Now, how good are they? Yeah. Joe is a, is a good lawyer. And he and I have dealt, uh, he's a real interesting guy. And uh, we've had a lot of dealings uh, over the years. And, you know, he's a, he, he's a guy who grew out of the criminal courts. He's not like one of these white-collar crime lawyers, you know. And yeah. He knows how to try a case. And, and he's very aggressive, as you can see. Yes. And that's the kind of thing that, that Trump will like. He doesn't want somebody, you know, sitting back and having tea every day at 4 o'clock. He wants a street fighter. You know what he says? Roy Cohn is my, mm-hmm. where's my Roy Cohn, right? Because that's yeah. that's what Roy Cohn was like. So uh, Dacopina is a good lawyer. I would not underestimate him. But he's a, he's a New York guy, a New York street fighter. He'll be fighting, uh, you know, from day one. He's doing it now. and uh, But I'm sure Trump will add more people to the team. Who knows it'll be on there. Isn't it hard for him at this point to get anyone to get involved? No, because he's got plenty of money. Remember, he, he said he was bragging, I made $4 million in donations the day I was indicted. Mm. He's got plenty of money to hire lawyers. And he's allowed to use all of that money for lawyers. Yes, he can use the money. to. That's part of his campaign. This guy has to oh. make sure he doesn't get convicted. Wow. Are there election law violations with using campaign funds? I would not be shocked. But like today, he flew up to New York in his uh, jet, right? Uh-huh. So what did he do? He had some of his campaign people fly up with him. Why? So he could charge it to the campaigns. <laughs> <laughs> he loves using other people's money. Mm-hmm. That's what real estate, that's what real estate uh, developers do. They use they're, they're the experts in using somebody else's money, and they never pay any taxes. Ugh. So before we let you go, first of all, I want to know, are you surprised that it's gone this far? Did you see this coming? Yes. I, I'm not surprised at all. Everybody else keeps saying, oh, it'll never happen. I say, look, this has been the, these prosecutors. Let me back up for a second. <clears throat> I've been doing this 50-plus years. When you have federal prosecutors or state prosecutors, when they issue search warrants, when they have uh, criminal cases of your underlings, uh, they're not going to give up. They don't do all that to do nothing. In other words, this has been going on for years. They have spent a lot of money. Uh, The Department of Justice... Trust me, I know this because I've actually they've actually said this to me. We've already spent X millions of dollars as investigation. And now you're asking us to drop it. Not a chance. So they use tremendous resources. Both both the Department of Justice keeps track of that. The FBI keeps track of it. How many how much uh, they have spent on it. And then the FBI pressures the government to bring the charges. Because then they look stupid that they spent, you know, X billions of dollars investigating something and nothing happened. Same thing with the uh, district attorney in New York. You can't justify having all these lawyers, investigators spending all this money and at the end say, oh, never mind. (laughs) So it never gets this far unless they're going to go all the way. 
Was there anything he could have done to like avoid this at once? Like, I'm sure he must have gotten advice like, why don't you just quit while you're ahead? You already lost. <laughs> I don't think that had anything to do with it. In fact, I was I was uh, telling someone today, say, well, <clears throat> you know, he's running for president again. And I said, you notice that he <clears throat> filed to run long before anybody else, long before you normally do that. You don't file this far in advance of the election. And he did that because he thought that by being a candidate, that sort of gave him a quasi-immunity from all of this because he's got the best argument that, oh, you all are indicting me to stop me from running for president. And he's already running for president. So that gives him another reason to try to talk them out of charging him. And he'll use it when he goes to trial. That is just to interfere with my candidacy. They're uh, liberal Democrats, George Soros paid prosecutors and what have you to prevent me from becoming president again. So he's very clever. Now, that's a, the fact that he filed to run well in advance was was a brilliant tactic mm-hmm. on his behalf. Mm-hmm. And as long as he's running, he can somehow figure out a way to make all of that campaign spending. <clears throat> right. Yeah. And not only that, you're right. He also has the ability to raise funds. So he's got, you know, 30 or 35 percent of the people in this country believing that he is actually a legitimate person to run for president. And they throw money at him every time he sent every time something happens. Oh, it's a new porn star. Well, let's send out some more campaign flyers. Oh, you know, I, we have an insurrection that they're complaining about. Let's sell some more. That's a Mary, you know. Taylor Green, whatever her name is, <laughs> she's here. Let's let's get some more money. She showed up for ten minutes today. So, as a last thing, give us your prediction on like what what do you think is going to happen with all of this? Well, I think there are going to be trials. I'm not so sure that he'll, even though he's clearly guilty in New York. I don't, I don't have any particular feeling that he'll be convicted. Uh, I could see that going either way. January 6th, when they indict him on that, I think he'll be convicted of that. They'll charge him in federal court in Washington, D.C., which is about uh, 88% Democratic. And uh, that, that, that'll be a real problem for him. The Georgia charges, you know, that, uh, that you've got that tape phone call. He can explain that away. And Georgia is 50-50. He's got plenty of supporters down there. So I don't know that they'll ever convict him there. His real fear is January 6th because that is a serious crime. That was him trying to prevent the orderly uh, mechanisms of government to determine the election. And that is a direct threat to our democracy. And that is the most dangerous thing that he did and all the time, he was uh, doing all his various machinations. And when do you think that that indictment would come down? Like next year? I have no idea. I, I don't know what they're doing. You would think by now they've already arrested well in excess of a thousand people. Oh, my God. They've had I don't know how many guilty pleas. They've had numerous trials. There's a thousand other people they're looking at to possibly arrest they've got 
uh, what, 15,000 hours of videotape. They've got all the press doing videotape. They've got hundreds of witnesses. You know, it's not like they don't have anything to bring a case for January 6th. And not only that, but see, remember what they're doing right now is the court just ruled that Mark Meadows has to testify. So they need people from in the White House to talk about what Trump was saying about January 6th, both before and after. Mm. So I think that's that's the last stage of what they're doing right now. They could prove everything, but they've got to put the decision-making in his mouth. Well, I was pretty depressed thinking about having this be go to like a jury trial, what that's going to do to just the conversation and the narrative already swirling around. I mean, everybody's already so annoying. I include (laughs) us in that as well. It's just, everybody's just too hot coming in hot. Mm -hmm. But if, if the January 6th thing goes, I think that could be actually like substantive. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm with, I'm with the commentators. I think this is some bullshit. I don't think it is that this is, this is serious stuff. It's like saying, okay, it's just income tax evasion, right? It's just something like that. Let me tell you something that these people overlook. I've tried income tax cases in federal court. (laughs) Uh The jurors are more outraged over defendants in tax cases than any other case because they get on the jury and the first thing they say, hey, I pay my taxes and this asshole isn't paying his. And they are absolutely outraged. So don't don't underestimate the power of charges like this. Okay, good. Because everybody seems to be downplaying it. If they're not <laughs> downplaying it, then it's the opposite, which is it's just not true. It's whatever, you know, obviously, which is bullshit. But like, you know, yeah. the liberal media, the fake news, <laughs> <laughs> the leftist progressive media is not very uh, optimistic, at least not today. Well, I think the best rebuttal to that is Michael Cohen didn't go to a fake prison. That's true. That's true. But he got out quicker than Michael Avenatti. (laughs) Yes, he did. That poor guy. (laughs) But Michael Cohen was convicted of exactly what they're charging Trump with. Mm. He He was Trump's fixer. He's the one who did all the dirty work. So what do we do now? What is the jury going to say? Okay, it's okay to convict the underlings, the Michael Cohens of the world who get their hands dirty, but we leave the Donald Trumps up in his uh, corporate suite in the top of Trump Tower, you know, washing his hands. So don't worry, I could wash my hands of it because Michael Cohen did it, not me. Well, they would have us believe that we would, that he can't, he shouldn't be tried because he was the former president, that that's wrong. We can't have the former president or president be convicted of any anything of anything at all oh let me just, let me ask you a question maybe i have i have this wrong but aren't these the, the same people who used to chant lock her up <laughs> I, exactly. well obviously that's what's oh, so okay. yeah thank you that's that's the rebuttal yes all right thank you Roy, thank you for doing our stupid podcast. We love you so much. And not just because you um, pay for expensive dinners that cost more than my monthly mortgage. Okay. We really appreciate it. I I just want to point out to you that we started our this podcast the day that Trump, after he won the election. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, our, the, the podcast company that we're with 
um, went under the day that he got indicted. So it's really been oh. full circle. And all day, yeah. I've just been telling myself, you know what? We have a top defense attorney on this dumbass piece of shit podcast. We should be proud of what we've built. Yes. Now, right. So tell tell our 14 uh, listeners where they can find you on social media. They love you. You're the only smart person who comes on here. <laughs> besides your wife. I don't do it anymore. Oh, oh. you don't do anything? No. Mm. I used to. I used to do all that stuff. I did the NBC News, CNN, all that kind of stuff, and Facebook. Now I'm just concentrating on a couple of cases, and that's it. Well, do you I'm want them only to buy your be book? Exclusive. You do have a book. No. Okay, no. Fuck yeah, em. but it's about 30 years old. Well, though, I did read it like a year ago, and it is very good, and people should read it. It's really good, Roy. Black's well, Law. thank you. It's good. <laughs> all right. So... Well, thank you it's so okay. much. If anybody buys it, I don't get a dime from it anyway. Oh, you don't? Now. Oh, well, then forget it. Well, what did I read it for? <laughs> for the Nobu dinners. It's all That's for it. the Nobu yes. dinners. I force you to read it. We didn't have, even have yeah. anything to promote, Roy. You just did this out of the kindness of your heart. Well, of course, because this is my favorite program. I mean, <laughs> dumb gay politics. So how, how could you ignore that? Thank you, Roy. All right, guys. A pleasure talking to you as always. Now it's time for So There's That. All right, so this is the part of the show where Julie has to find so there's that moment that's happening because of or in spite of the diarrhea toilet Republicans and the ignorant Facebook Fox News army that follows them. She hates doing it because it's damn near impossible to find an uplifting story to end the show on a positive note when half of the country are mind-controlled members of a morally bankrupt right-wing cult and the rest of us are whiny entitled virtue signalers who are too busy keyboard fighting with our own side to win the war. The whole thing is draining and exhausting and quite frankly depressing. And there was never more of a professional come to Jesus than finding out that we won't make one single dollar on this podcast episode, (laughs) but we're doing it anyway because Trump finally got fucking indicted and we aren't going to leave our gers and burrs out here on these streets without some kind of dumb gay politics stamp on the whole thing. I can't imagine a, a more apropos circle to this. I really can't. Then he's finally fucking indicted and we're back to like, <laughs> as if we just started this podcast, it's beyond, but we didn't quit. So there's that, right? Memo? Yes. So there's that. <laughs> See I mean, what Trump, I did there? Yes, yes. Now Trump being indicted could be the, so there's that, but I didn't. And we didn't quit. That could be the, so there's and that. And we didn't quit, which could be the, so there's that. Yeah. You know what? And at the end of the day, we didn't quit. We're not going to quit. We're not fucking quitters, which is why we can do drug addicts. So we're <laughs> <And> not. <laughs> we're not. We're not going to quit. Though Donald Trump is being indicted, which is great. Though our podcast company <laughs> went under, which is not great. Um, we definitely in the last two days have been going through it. But his indictments have really been all over the news and everybody's going crazy. And um, we have been feeling even though he's indicted, it will ultimately be very unsatisfying. Um, we don't have a great feeling about it. I don't feel like anyone involved in the whole endeavor is 
bringing the pain nearly enough. I'm not convinced the judge or jury will have the balls to convict him. I'm not convinced the charges are strong enough. I'm not convinced of anything yet. I'm sure because of everything our past dictates and our fucking podcast company just got destroyed. <laughs> I mean, so far, what we have is Republicans stopping, dropping, and rolling around like a bunch of pandering losers and making me fucking sick. Republicans... Uh, like Republican savior to the cause, Mitt Romney. I have so much integrity. Mitt Romney gave a statement saying, quote, I believe President Trump's character and conduct make him unfit for office. Even so, I believe the New York prosecutor has stretched to reach felony criminal charges in order to fit a political agenda. Just fuck off. And this is why we will never have justice or nice things. Then, of course, we have the trolling CrossFit shit show of Marjorie Taylor Greene in one of the worst interviews I've ever seen a journalist give next to the pathetic vagina mouth Merkin man himself, Chuck Todd, interviewing Donald Trump in 2020 on Meet the Press. Side note, I want to say it is my opinion that Marjorie Taylor Greene and anyone who's a filthy, racist, sexist, scumbag traitor should be interviewed. If you sit around and watch crime shows and sit on the edge of your seat waiting to hear from the Iceman or John Wayne Gacy or Ted Bundy, you can't possibly sit on some moral high ground talking about how Marjorie Taylor Greene should be silenced on 60 Minutes who covers politics in the news. And yeah, they're going to want to speak to the second most powerful person in the house right now. Like, oh my god, that's, a, that's you a, are akin to a book burning, bud light, garbage tossing, virtue signaling, self righteous hypocrite, and I'm not here for it. The mom mentality of any kind can fuck right off. I want nothing to do with it, and I absolutely do not respect anyone who supports censorship unless it's a person. Obviously, if you're in a movie theater and yell fire, or you're on standing on a mount telling everyone to get your guns and take over the government, and even then, no one's forcing you to do anything. And if you did find yourself at the Capitol on January 6th, you only have yourself to blame. People are allowed to have gross views. People are allowed to have shitty fucking personalities. We don't have to like them, but if we want to have our voices heard and we want to enjoy our freedoms, then there's some shit in the shit pile that need to be tolerated. People that burn books, and I mean any books, are losers and assholes, period, across the board. Well, also, isn't it only going to help for... Leslie Stahl to show what a fucking monster moron you would have you would have thought so but she did not so she failed I think Marjorie <sighs> Taylor Greene can't open her mouth without a moron falling out of it so no matter what <laughs> well, Leslie that's Stahl true. did that's true. people are mad that she was platformed at all that's what they're mad at that's right Marjorie Taylor Greene will show her ass no matter where she is mm -hmm. so that's what people are mad at mm -hmm. we've been there mm -hmm. that's what you're talking about yes. I personally don't care I'm offended that someone that called it uh, the gazpacho the gazpacho <laughs> army <laughs> mm -hmm. is the second most powerful person in the house and I'm sitting mm -hmm. here doing this for free while crying <laughs> So I'm agree. I don't even blame Leslie Stahl, bitch. Make your money, honey. Her pod podcast company is about to go under. What well, she's just trying to get fucking paid. She's 110. <laughs> God damn. Yeah, that's right. And I'm not here for the fucking censorship of it all. I'm not. And I don't like it. And I don't appreciate it. And particularly people who say they're progressive and they sit there fucking on social media, burning books. And you know who the fuck you are. And it's disgusting. But I digress. We're here for good news. <laughs> what is it what i am antsy for today is a fighter a warrior someone who understands justice and i'm dying for it i'm horny for justice and i know we have a lot of warriors that's why we stay with blue balls that's why we stay with blue <laughs> girl You're horny for justice girl. keep your blue balls bitch girl the balls like tantric sex are blue for, for a year 
the balls are very blue. Okay. And that's right. But you know what? It just makes you stronger. You just got to fucking lean in and be like, these blue balls are not going to fucking kill me. And I know we have a lot of warriors to feel horny for. Horny? <laughs> we have a lot of warriors to feel horny for. But this one got Herny. my... <laughs> His name's Horny. I'm so horny for your... I'm horny for your justice. Now, this one got my WAP going, and we all need to stand in a slow clap for our man, Jamal Bowman. Representative Jamal Bowman. So while Trump is doing the Trump shit, take a minute, step away, just take a breath and go look up Jamal Bowman because he's going to give you the WAP. He's from New York. He's a representative. He was elected to office in 2020. He's a former middle school principal. On March 30th, he stood outside the Capitol in D.C. and urged the media to do more, to push us harder, he said, standing in front of the press, pleading with them to push Congress harder. And then maybe that could move the needle of a stagnant and lazy ass Congress who won't do shit. And by Congress, I mean Republicans. Jamal Bowman then stood in the hallway after the House was let out and he was caught or it was planned or whatever. <laughs> On video or whatever of him yelling at representatives to do something, at which point we must call a thirst trap a thirst trap. And that's and that's fine because I was happy to see it. At which point one Republican House member, Thomas Massey from Kentucky, a Republican, stopped to engage with Bowman. Thomas Massey, who, of course, has a bill where he wants to, for all intended purposes, not have any gun regulations and he wants teachers to carry guns. Now, this was two days after the Nashville mass shooting. This person wants more guns and is pushing for more guns and Jabal Bowman has lost his goddamn fucking mind after working in the schools for 20 years and standing in the cafeteria every day worried that someone was going to come out and shoot up his school I'm going to play this video for you so you can all hear it and when we're done go to Jamal Bowman's Instagram and watch the video so you can see the man with your own eyes and his beautifulness and the passion and the absolute frustration and I feel it's the frustration we all feel freaking cowards they're gutless they're not here i'm talking about gun violence you know there's never been i'm talking about gun violence in a school that allows teachers to carry carry guns you think more guns lead to more death more guns lead to more death look at the data you're not looking at any data you're 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 carrying the water for the gun lobby no, no, Look at the data. More guns lead to more deaths. Guns. States that have open carry laws have more deaths. States that have open carry laws have more deaths. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Yeah, calm down. That, that's a, calm down. Their children are dying. Nine-year-old children. The, the solution is not arming teachers. Have you ever worked in a school? Have you ever worked in a school? Have you ever worked in a school? Have you ever worked in the school? No. It's a yes or no question. Have you ever worked in the school? You will not answer my question. Don't stop and talk to me. Okay, I'll bring it down enough. Have you ever worked in the school? I worked in the school for 20 years. I was a teacher. I was screaming before you came and interrupted me. I worked in the school for 20 years. I worked in the school 20 years. The guy walked away from him. That's gaslighting. People always want to know what's gaslighting. When you're upset and somebody's calmly telling yep. you you're acting crazy. Yes. Right. He can't even answer a yes or no question. Answer. Why would they pass legislation? Why? Answer the question. Ask him right now. Poor guy. 
In case you missed any of it, that's Jamal Bowman. He stood in the Capitol and he's been he's been yelling, he's been screaming, whether it's on the street in New York or here at the ca- or at the Capitol. And with this guy right in his face saying they're gutless, they're cowards. He tried to engage, and of course the guy couldn't take it when he said, "Have you ever walked in, worked in a school?" And that guy, nothing, nothing, nothing. And then he walked away. I'm here to thank Jamal Bowman and thank God we have someone like him fighting for us because on a day like today. It feels like the political spectacle and the hollow showboating isn't getting us anywhere except in the weirdly not buff squat body of Marjorie Taylor Greene. She's like not buff, but buff. She's fucking she's so like previ- gross. I think she might be like previously buff. Oh, oh, I do understand. <laughs> Jamal Bowman is out there doing the damn thing. He's backed with data and experience and the fire and the fight. And I'm here for all of it. I want it to fill me up. We need this fire right now. Yeah, we need our own show ponies straight up. Who show cares if it was a ponies. thirst trap? That's right. Who cares? Let's That's start right. planting the traps. And yelling and screaming and calling people fucking names. Yep. After another mass shooting, we've barely heard a word from anyone. And he seems to be the only one who's fired up and not backing down. Arm the teacher. Teachers, they were armed in Nashville. That school had every bullshit thing Republicans love and it didn't matter. Jamal Bowman has worked in schools and is begging Congress to just pass common sense gun laws. But of course, Republicans are cock blocking and gaslighting and sucking down all the NRA jizz they can. And even when their shitty ideas plainly don't work like security guards and armed teachers, they double down and ask for more. Jamal Bowman isn't having it and neither should we. It's- now, by the way, and that's what Miguel Cardona should be doing. He's yeah. not doing it and maybe he's scared he'll, you know, he had to be voted on by Congress. He's the secretary of education. But like, Fuck it. You're fuck probably going to get replaced anyways. Right. You better come out and be like, fuck this. It's unacceptable. You're the secretary of education. Mm-hmm. We're not going to have nine year olds. It's it has to be done. There has to be yep. a fucking line. This can't be the only guy in the Democratic Party fucking drawing the line. Yeah, exactly. That's right. Which is why we're loving him right now and giving him all the love and it's all about legislation the legislation needs to happen so thank you jamal bowman and thank you world for gifting us with him his tenacity and grit and passion and fire has reignited my wop and i'm ready for more and i will not i will not quit so there's that that's it for this episode of Dumb Gay Politics. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening to our stupid podcast. We love and appreciate all 14 of you so much. If you're new here and you still like us, but you'd rather not hear about politics, please consider checking out our Patreon podcast. Our Patreon podcasts are completely different than this one. We do two a week, every week. They're both an hour. There's no politics. There's no ads. There's no structure. There's no rules. It's just supposed to be stress-free, funny, mindless fun. That's it. Yeah. And you can subscribe for only a dollar. You get one podcast a week for $1 and two podcasts a week for $2. And when you sign up, you will immediately get access to hundreds of hours of timeless back podcasts. There's a list pinned to the top of the feed of all of our most popular episodes so you'll know right where to go. There is a link to a free episode in the description below this podcast, um, or you can go to our website, julianbrandy.com, and there's a button on every page that says click to listen to our free Patreon episode. You can listen to the whole 
free hour right there from your phone or your computer or your tablet. You don't have to download anything or sign up for anything. It's super easy. And as always, it's been real and it's been fun. But mostly, it's been gay and it's been dumb. And Roy Black. Roy Black, yeah. How'd you do, I? See you've met my faithful hand in hand. He's just a little broad dime because when you knocked, he thought you were the candy man. Don't get strung up by the way I look. Don't judge a book by its cover. I'm not much of a man by the light of day, but by night I'm one hell of a lover. I'm just a sweet transvestite from transsexual Transylvania. <laughs> Let me show you a rhyme and maybe play you a sign. You look like you're both pretty groovy. Or if you want something visual that's not too abysmal. We could take in an old Steve Reeves movie. I'm glad we caught you at home. Could we use your phone? We're both in a bit of a hurry. Right. We'll just say where we are, then go back to the car. We don't want to be any worry. Well, you got caught with a flat wheel. How about that? Well, babies, don't you panic. By the light of the night, it'll all seem all right. I'll get you a satanic mechanic. I'm just a sweet transvestite. From transsexual Transylvania. <laughs> Why don't you stay for the night? Night. Or maybe a bite. Right. I could show you my favorite obsession. I've been making a man with blonde hair and a tan. And he's good for relieving my tension. I'm just a sweet transvestite from transsexual Transylvania. A sweet transvestite of from transsexual Transylvania. So, come up to the lab and see what's on the slab. I see you shiver with anticipation. But maybe the rain is really to blame. So I'll remove the cause. <laughs> But not the symptom. 